You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello everybody, hello Sitok. I almost fell asleep in your 20 seconds there. It was riveting. 20 seconds is not a long time. <laughs> Little do they know. What you do is you tell me nicely, mostly, to uh, be quiet for 20 seconds before we start recording. I know it sounds like a short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't reasonable, but I do it every time. Are you saying that that's the only 20 seconds... You'll ever get silence. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Um, When I'm sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, when you're sleeping, you're pretty pretty quiet. Not bad. So what's the before the after the show discussion before we start? There wasn't much. You were doing that and I was doing this. I posted a thing on my Facebook about my spreadsheet addiction because both of my monitors currently have spreadsheets on them. (laughs) It's like... I need an intervention. But they're so useful and they're so fun. An intervention? What would the intervention do? Just delete all the spreadsheets? (gasps) Don't even think about it. Oh, my (laughs) God. That bit of pit in my stomach. Do you know how many hours it takes to, you know, delicately construct your data? And then once you've done that, then it's just sorting and filtering and you get all this good information and charts. and It's just great. I love it. Nice work. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the weekend of Saturday, September the 7th, and it's after the show, number 598. Oh, mo- we're approaching. We are approaching. We're a movie review podcast. Somebody suggested we should go back through all our episodes and edit all our favorite bits together. But I said... No. That sounds I like a no. terrible experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine how long that would take, because there's so many good parts. Oh my god. It'd be hours and hours and hours long. I think that if you focused on a thing and said like after the show discussion or what's my advice. Now if you compiled all of my advice, oh, that would be what, great. What, why only your your things? <laughs> well, I thought you were talking about the good parts. What about my funny quips? <gasps> your funny what? Quips. Well, Quippy. those are harder to find. What about my pithy one You don't have a section of funny pithy <laughs> quips, so <laughs> that'd be harder to like time out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My advice is good. You could also do a compilation of me saying, because it's always at the very end. It's you again. Hold on. It is all about me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it'd be easier to go through and like clip off the last minute, few seconds even, because that's when I say, think for yourself or something else for you. See? I'd say it different every time. It'd be fun to I hear. I couldn't it. think of anything more boring to listen to, though. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Oh, my God. I haven't told anyone. Out there in the world. I've told people. No, correction. I have told people how honest you are. Being the wife of an honest man is not easy. But then being the husband of me is not easy. So we're even. We're good. We're good. All right. So uh, the movie we're looking at this week is John Wick 3 Parabellum. It's a 2019 movie. 
It's not actually released yet. We got an early copy from Lionsgate for review. It's actually out on the 10th of September. It's rated R, and it is definitely not for the children. And it's from our friends at Lionsgate, like I said. Who sent us a copy for review? Sid Talk. It is not you, for the children. <laughs> you give us the synopsis, and then I'll give you the one off the box. It's, um, we'll compare uh, yours to this one. Synopsis. John Wick. Uh... Kills a bunch of people. Is that it? That's it. (laughs) I mean, what else is there? Well, I'll give you what else there is. Okay. You ready? Um, Super assassin John Wick, Keanu Reeves in brackets, has a $14 million price tag on his head after killing a member of the high table, the shadowy International Assassins Guild. Now excommunicado, and with an army of the world's most ruthless hitmen and women on his trail... John must find a way to survive in this third chapter of the adrenaline-fueled action series. Okay, it's it's uh, more than I said, but it's still the same thing, because all of that means John Wick kills a bunch of people. He really does kill a bunch of people. That's all there is to it. And before we get started, I'm just going to put this out there. As snobby as you think I am about some movies, i.e. <clears throat> last week's Godzilla, I love John Wick movies. It is the way it is. I'm a hypocrite. You I actually... I, I, in general, I think you kind of like action movies. Good. I mean, Godzilla's supposed to be an action movie, right? No, I mean, like, well, you like Atomic Blonde a lot. That's I similar do? to this movie. Are these, okay, so what's, an act, so what's Godzilla then? If it's like not an action a creature movie? feature. So that includes all of things with big Sci-fi, monsters. Sci-fi. Um, Is it? Though? Fantasy. Well, it's not realistic. That's fantasy. Fantasy's like Lord of the Rings, right? Well, Yeah. A dragon and shit like that. <laughs> shit like that. Lord of the Rings or, uh, you know, anything with dragons and fairies and stuff. That's fantasy, right? Yes. So then monster feature, okay. But creature feature. Action to me can be really good with the big creature. Because it's action, adventure, and this is... This is... This violence. John Wick's like, <laughs> so it's just like, like martial I just like, arts and action. Like the Transporter, you like that yep. a lot? I like Bourne movies. You, I like Bond movies. Do you like Fast and the Furious movies? I do not. But they're action movies. It's not action like this, though. No. That's like two little cars boxing it out. It sounds like a cartoon. This is like men and women. Uh, fisticuffs, one-on-one. There's lots of shooting, yes. But, you know, you and I are the, aren't those people who sit there and think, I'm absorbing all this murder into my brain and I don't want it in there. Where I think I can speak for you and say, we know it's a movie. Yeah. And so as you're watching it, it's not like it inspires any sort of violence at all. It doesn't disturb me to see him hold a gun to someone's head and shoot it because that's fiction. It doesn't, it never represents real life to me. So it's just about the cartoony element of a guy getting through a world that is kill or be killed. Dangerous. Yes, it's not defined like he's walking down the street Killing anyone who's uninvolved. That's always been about every single person who comes in contact with him, if I recall correctly in all three movies, is going to kill him. And there is no way out of that except for him to be the the triumphant one, which means he has to live and they have to die. I get that. It's fiction. It is a, you know, a, a tale of the ages. A man has to... Man versus man, right? He has to battle his way to stay alive. And the only way to do it. There is no negotiation here. There is no, like, well, the only exception would be, like, 
Is that thing where he turns the blade? Mm-hmm. Is that an ancient thing where it's like if I if your enemy turns the blade sideways to you, that means it's a draw. We quit. We it's walk a samurai away. thing. Okay, so that other guy, the bald guy, didn't honor that. He's a little shit. Yeah, but the other two did. So I guess that is the way that he finds with some people to say, "This it enough is enough." We're both walking away to respect each other. That's it. So it doesn't happen very often, but in. In this story, in this world where he lives, I completely accept that it literally is dog eat dog. And that means man versus man, kill or be killed. And so I, the methods and the violent element of it, it kind of just folds all in together with, I don't know what it is. It's got the movie magic yeah, it's that makes really, me like it. I think it's particularly well made. Um, the shots look really awesome. Like it has some really cool design to mm-hmm. it. It's Sometimes like really it's style over substance. I mean, yeah, that's well, just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have much of a script, to be honest. There's not there's, no. this whole sections where people, like 20 minutes goes by and it's all fighting and gunplay. You know, so there's a little bit of dialogue like here and there, but it's more action than, than it is plot. But where you might think, oh, that's really boring, it actually isn't because it's real inventive. This one in particular, there's a fight at the beginning. Where it's all it's in a place with a load of knives, you know which fight I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And the whole fight is there's no guns; it's just knives. People throwing knives, people stabbing with knives. It's so brutal. I've never. I said to you, I don't think I've seen anything quite as brutal. He's like, it's so well shot as well. He's like throwing knives at people. He's like hitting them in the face. He's like stabbing somebody in the eye, and you see it. It's when you might think, oh, this sounds horrendous. It kind of is. It, it makes, is. But it's it's like the way the it's choreographed. And the I said to you, I don't even understand how they can get the camera in certain situations. There's a situation where he's riding on a horse and he's attacking people on motorbikes from a horse with a samurai sword. And the camera is... I, I, I was like, well, there's got to be CG, like, because the camera... How can they get the camera there? We saw the extras. And yep. It's actually, it's not CG, any of that. It's them pointing the camera at them in weird positions. But I think that's what makes it good. It's really inventive. Like, he's on a horse. He's on a motorbike. What else is he? He's in the desert. Being, he's, go ahead and say it. We all thought it. <laughs> Chevy, He's doing a Chevy Chase impression. And I have a really strong urge to look up and see if anyone mentions that during the filming of this movie, at some point, Keanu Reeves tied a pair of pants around his head yeah. <laughs> and said whatever Chevy Chase says in... It's just any vacation. movie where the hero ends up in the desert and he's like walking and walking and he's probably going to die and he's thirsty. <laughs> I automatically think of Chevy Chase from Vacation where he's doing the same thing, but it's not really... But he has his pants on his head. He's not really in danger that much. He's not very far away from anything, is he? He's like walking around in circles. But um, this is inventive. There's so many different things. I also like the world that it builds up. I like the ladies in the room with the tattoos who are doing the old switchboarding thing. I think that's yeah, a cool Yeah, I mean, idea. it's a bit hyperbolic, shall we say, but then the rest of it is too, so I kind of... I but it, it. The, the, whole, the rules of this John Wick world, it, it's based on, like, honor and respect, and you don't... You follow these rules, and, it's, you know, it's quite rigid, what they've got. But, you know, like, well, the reason in this... The reason... 
when we're watching this movie that he is being wanted is because he attacks somebody within a place where you're not supposed to attack somebody. So once you do that, you get screwed, screwed and everybody's after you. But I like those rules. It makes it an interesting, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it, it it's, it's, was this based on a graphic novel or anything? Do you know? Or was it just a... Don't know. Made it up for the... It seems graphic novel but I don't know. Because when they were talking about it in the extras, and they were talking about how all the... Like Keanu Reeves would say, oh, we we thought this would be cool, and we would make this up, and that... It sounded like they were just making it up as they went along, right? But, you know, because when they were talking about the guy in the desert, who who's, like, really old and can overrule stuff, they were saying we just kind of made that guy up. Did you hear it? Mm. No. In the extras, they kept saying we we um, want to come up with this idea. I think that's just writing the story. We asked the audience about some things, and they came up with it. We I came think up they the wrote horse. the original story as a movie, and now they're just trying to build an entire thing around that. Right. Yeah, I get you. And we'll get to this, but that was my least favorite part. You didn't like that? I like the idea of it, but... And I get the concept that it's more of a guru, Gandhi, guy on a mountaintop, but he's in a desert type of a deal where he's not the guy with all the guns or whatever. But still, it wasn't that at all. Right. If that was the case, he would be sitting in the desert with no no sign of riches or wealth or anyone around him with guns or anything. He would just be a dude in the desert and he started this thing for whatever. We'd get a little backstory on that maybe, but that wasn't it. It's just some rich dude sitting in the desert who's making all the rules. It yeah. makes no, it doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me that concept that, or that resolution, you know, that answer right. to their question of like, who is this guy that didn't do anything. I was like waiting for it to be like, but that's not really him or, He's whatever his reason is, or it's all, I don't know. I just wasn't a fan of that, the way it was done, but I love the idea of it, that there's a guy above the table and everyone else is under the table. I didn't really catch that on all the other movies, but I got it this time. No, um, I don't think, I think this was the, it it wasn't mentioned in the other movies, was it? The The, table has been, but not the under the table, over the table thing. Um, Yeah, so they try and flesh out the universe a bit more in this one. I did like that ballet school idea. There's a there's a ballet school place with um, Angelica Houston as the director of it. Now, you find out some things about John Wick there, but not quite enough for me. Like I would a bit like a bit more detail. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he just like comes and then you suppose oh oh okay he's part of this and then yeah. But you don't. They give you like very bare essentials of what is going on. Like they like. It's not enough unraveling for me. I'm, I know there's going to be more movies. They even set up a fourth movie, don't they, at the sure. end? And they've actually announced a fourth movie and a TV show. So they, they're going to cover all that stuff. But in And I think movie, I'm not interested. I mean, another movie, yes, not a TV show and not too many movies. I kind of like that it's sort of spaced apart. We said, just dip in and out because if there's too much... Then it's too much. They it said is, they planned it as five movies from the beginning. Okay. Right? So. Five, I think, is reasonable because it'll all get resolved and then the yeah. world will be a different place when they're done, I'm sure. Now, um, some of the uh, action... Did you like all the action set pieces? There was no car chases in this movie at all. No car chases. never resorted. Well, there was the horse and motorcycles. Right, but they never resorted to a car chase. No. Um, 
at first, like in the first half hour, I got became a little bit anesthetized to it. And I was like, are you kidding me? I don't care about watching some of these. There's certain affectations that certain performers do, especially in these stunt scenes where they like wobble their head. And uh, but they're, these guys are all fans of the Asian yeah, they martial art movies. From, like, and stuff. it's very, very prominent in those. So I get that. But after like a minute of it and then two minutes of it. Three minutes of it. I even looked at my phone. One was about seven minutes. And I was like, I get it. And I understand the John Wick universe. He's going to win. And so, spoiler. But this is, it's going on and on. But that's because I noticed later in the movie, the fights got, they're still similar, but they had enough different weirdness that I was totally into it. It was always different, the fighting. It was like... It was, but here's the, the... Here's the bit with knives. Here's right, the bit with dogs. that went on. That first one, even though I liked the I liked it as, as initially, it just went on and on and on and on and on. And we all got the point. But then they kept doing the same moves over and over and over and over. And so later, when you get some of the fights that are long within the same fight, it varies a lot. And so that made it more interesting to me. Yeah, I really liked the scene with the dogs because they got a couple of dogs mm-hmm. and the dogs were doing... The dogs were like stars of the movie in themselves. Like The dogs were like launching themselves off things. And it's for real. It's not CG dogs. Don't think that. They're really trained dogs that are like jumping at the guys and attacking them. And there's also... What was the other... Oh, the other cool scene, what I really liked, was when they had the shotguns, um, John Wick and his friend. And they they were infiltrating the building, and they were just like using these like insane shotguns to shoot these guys with body armor, and it, it's really graphic. I mean, they're like pointing shotguns in the faces and stuff. But it was like it was like oh, this is, I felt that this is the moment John Wick could get defeated, like because these guys are here, they're all they're in this relentless, body yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard to shoot them <laughs> until they got the big um, shotguns, and then it was fairly easy to shoot them, but. It seemed like it was backed into a corner at that point. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of different fighting scenes. Um, there's a lot of gun stuff. There's n- there's less gun stuff than there was in the second one. The second one was gun... Until the end, yeah. Until near the end, yeah. Yeah, the second one was gun stuff the entire way through. It was always shooting guns. But in this one, I could see they were trying to change it up. Okay, we won't use guns in this fight. It's just knives. Okay, we will use guns in this one, but the dogs will also be a massive part of it. Or... He will be on a horse with a sword instead of a gun. Like it, you know, they did change it up. They did, and it feel, if you aren't in love with the movie overall, I think it could feel like, oh, this is a bunch of dudes sitting around going, what would be cool? What could we do that's cool? And that's probably what they did. But in this world, it It works. Yeah, Yeah, to me, it works. It could be like crazy. It could be like, well, we're going to go to the space station next. (laughs) I would actually buy into that. What's the reason for John to go to the space station? (laughs) Because the only place that no one will hunt him down is the space station. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not the space station. It's not the ISS. It is a space station that this organization, if we were to believe how powerful they are, they certainly have a space station out there somewhere. I'm just throwing ideas out there. I'm just saying, you got two more movies to write, yeah. throw the space station in there. Actually, I um, heard a quote from Vin Diesel this week that said he is not opposed to Fast and the Furious 10 actually being in space. I don't. It's it's a completely different thing. Because I wouldn't it, defend that, but I would defend John Wick in space. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? So it's like, that's like a franchise where you're like, 
how can Fast and the Furious be in space? It's um, cars and stuff. But hey, they jumped. They were jumping them out of skyscrapers and stuff last time. So um, yeah, maybe John Wick will be in space. John Wick <laughs> Five. Jason and John in space because. <laughs> As we all know, Jason went to space. That was here. horrible, that movie. Terrible. Horror movie. If anyone doesn't know, that's yeah. Jason from Friday the 13th. Went to space once. He did, and it was so bad. <laughs> it was like they were trying to make Alien, but Yeah, he but was that the was alien. that. And this is John Wick. Yeah. It could totally work. I reiterate, I'm probably a hypocrite here, so I'm, I'm accepting that. So I've enjoyed all three John Wick movies. I almost want to watch them back to back, all three of them. It might be a bit too much. I don't know. Maybe you'll get like... No, I think you'd love it. If you're just sitting there hanging out at your computer watching, you mean? Or like sit down and watch, watch it. Just sit and watch all three in a row. Hmm. I mean, I like all of them. I think they're really good. I think the first one is like... It's a lot smaller in scale, the first one, if you think about it. It does build this. This one's like insane. There's like... There's so much action in this one. Like you say, you can get a little bit... Oh, that's a lot of action. Yeah. It's not the action so much as the repetitive. Um, it's like a record that's stuck. It's like. It's like punch him in the face, punch him in the face, punch him in the face, punch him in the face. But when you hey, you do like the horse kicks him in the head and then you do like I'm on a horse with a sword and then you do like yeah, I'm being crashed that. through the glass. I mean, as long as you throw at me all the different stuff that I can. That doesn't take me out of the action because i'm in once i'm in john wick story i don't find there are flaws and they wash right in front of me and i go whatever whatever it's so cute that that's so dumb but i don't care i am so i I can watch it and not be taken out of it if the action were to get too much like samey samey that would be the one thing that would do it probably i mean in terms of violence it is pretty crazy this movie there's uh yeah it gets pretty i mean a lot of the where he shoots people and it's a lot of like Walking Dead CG blood that squirts out. Yeah, all of it is. As you look and you go, oh, well, there's a lot of blood. Oh, there's none on the wall though. It's weird. <laughs> there's a lot of that. I noticed that a lot. The guy with the sword through his heart or through his lungs. Uh, there was no blood on the floor. No. But they again. They, I, I I noticed it and I'm like <laughs> Cause whatever because it it's a lot of CG stuff. I can and accept that. Yeah, but um, I mean, as it's moving and it's fast, you don't you don't really notice that. It's like, uh, you know, um, like Kill Bill, remember? Like, it's really bloody, that sequence in Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. And that's all like spraying blood, sp- blood spraying all over the walls. It's spraying. They actually use real, it's not like that here. It's like more kind of cartoonish True. a bit. Um, Walking Dead is what it reminded me of. Because whenever they shoot a zombie and blood squirts out, it's never on the road or anything. You're like, oh, what? Where did it go? Is it magic? <laughs> Um, I love this movie. I really, really loved it. I thought it was action-packed. I thought it was really fun. I love Keanu Reeves' portrayal of this guy. It's just like a, you know, I'm just going to keep, I'm like a machine. I'm just going to go through not, Let's not big up um, Keanu too much. Um, he is what he is. I liked the cinematography. I think, like, it's there's a lot of times where I was puzzled of how they got the shot. And there was a lot of times where I was like, wow, this is beautiful. You know that scene where she walks across the road to the Chinese mm-hmm. yeah, restaurant? Very. I was like, oh, Blade Runner. Like, mm-hmm. I love the way Blade Runner looks, and that looks like Blade Runner. And there was, they purposely cranked the color up, and there's a lot of pink. It's very, we're going to, I'm going to throw this out there. It's very Instagrammy filter. Yeah, definitely a filter. It's very of the, the whole times, movie. yeah. Yeah, the whole movie's got a look to it that makes it, like, unrealistic a little bit like 
cool looking, but kind of unrealistic. Now, the finale part where they're in that glass building, well, did you like that? You feel like it was a bit of a, like, like the mirror sequence from the second one? I, I was like, oh, it's like another mirror sequence. Kind of, yeah. sort. I mean, they drug it out a little bit. They tried to play on that disappearing thing two or three extra times. I did love then, the smashing of glass, though. Right. And I figured someone like you would. But after, like, the third one, I was like, Why? who... Who's deciding this is still interesting because he gets slammed into a thing, it breaks, he falls. He gets slammed to a thing, it breaks, he falls. He gets slammed to a thing, it breaks, he falls. <gasps> he gets slammed to a thing, it breaks, he falls. That doesn't sound interesting, and it doesn't look that interesting after the third time. I kept thinking, another thing about this, the way John Wick is set up, I kept thinking, why is this not a video game, a John Wick video game? <laughs> why isn't there one? Because it, when you're watching John Wick... It looks like a video game some of the times. The angles they were using, especially with the Halle Berry bit, you know, with the dogs, where they were peeping around the pillar and stuff, shooting. Mm -hmm. That was actually the actual camera view you spend most of your playing a video game in. And I was like, why do they not make a video game of this? There's so many set pieces. There's so much shooting. It's like a Max Payne game. If you've ever played the game Max Payne, that's pretty much like John Wick. Max Payne's the same thing. He shoots loads of people. They're all coming at him. But they could make an excellent John Wick game. I'm surprised it hasn't been done because it, it almost, you know, because its story is kind of lacking and it is more action than story. That's kind of how video games go. So I'm not sure why they haven't capitalized on it. So um, we enjoyed it. We uh, agree. After last week's unenjoyment <laughs> of Godzilla, this was uh, refreshing. It really wasn't enjoyable. This I was like, whoa, we're watching a good movie this week. As it play. Uh, I said to you, we'd only watched like one fight scene, and I said, this is already better than last week's. Like, we, <laughs> we, we just started, you know? Um, so let's move on to the cast. Keanu Reeves plays Mr. John Wick. How do you like Mr. Keanu Reeves? I like him for what he is. I will not big him up and say that he's great or that he's he is what makes this guy who he is, but he's Neo. Let's not, like, delude ourselves into thinking he's got lots of variables to his well, performance to, styles. To me, he's, Bill, he's Ted. Bill and Ted. No, this isn't Ted. See, that's the only that's the only difference is when he was Ted, but he was, what, like, 10 years old? No, <laughs> 15, 20 years old back then. That's his next movie, by the way. The, the... So that is a different type of character. So I am staying corrected. When he was in Bill and Ted, <laughs> he wasn't Neo, but now he is. And... He's just intense and looks intense, and then when he says stuff, it's like, yes, and then that's it. He's done a good job of picking roles that he fits into. Like, you know, like I said to you before, we haven't seen him in anything super dramatic or serious. Or well, there are some, like that November one, it was where it's awful, like romantic. Though. Right, so I'm saying, though, he's in those, and he's not, because he's not this guy. But then, like in The Matrix, he, he so fits The Matrix, it's... I don't know. Like, he really fits Neo. Neo had to be kind of unemotional and, you know, a bit kind of, what would you say his character is, Neo? He's not, though. He's just a guy. He was just a guy. He's just a guy, but he's just a, like, well, the way he plays the guy before he becomes Neo and all that. He's not right. Actually, he doesn't play it that guy that long, does he really? But he is... Um, True. He's just like the, huh? Yeah, but that's all he knows that he he's is. He's like the Point Break guy. Okay, Point Break is the same, though. <laughs> Think about it. That's what I'm saying, Point Break as well. It's an excellent action movie, and he really fit it. 
But they went for like the surfer dude in that one, didn't they? Well, no, he wasn't a surfer dude. He was an FBI guy, right? Yeah, so but I mean, he, he was playing the surfer dude. Yeah. Um, and in, like I say, in Bill and Ted, he's playing the, yeah, dude, kind of guy. I don't know. What would you call that? Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> they have their own brand. It's funny that they're coming back in a brand new movie. Him? Yeah, him and Alex both doing it. Nice. I think it's been filmed, actually. It's pretty soon. It's a shame, though, isn't it? Because uh, Mr. George Carlin, he's not around anymore. True. And he was a big part of the Bill and Ted movies for me. So, uh, yeah, Keanu, I think he does a good job as John Wick. It's a perfect thing for him. I think he's really good in it. Halle Berry. This is a controversial one. <laughs> so there's a new character in here called Sophia. Controversial in this house? Yeah. Yeah. Played by Halle Berry, who I, I said to you, you're not particularly fond of Halle Berry in just anything, really. Correct. And I don't care. I mean, I, like I said to you, I don't find her great, but she's all right. So in this... That is a raving review. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a f- massive fan of her. But she doesn't bug you. No, she doesn't get... No, I'm fine with her. She's fine. So in this movie, when she turns up in the movie, I thought, oh, so now it's a double act and she's going to be very focal to everything and she it is a double act well it's a quadruple act because the two dogs are actually major part of her sequences um but they utilize her a little bit and then she's gone and never appears again right Mm -hmm. which i actually i I liked that because i was thinking she was in my mind you know we've met her she we do the like a little mission with her and then she's gone, and then John has to go and finish his mission. And I was like, in the back of my mind, well, Halle Berry's in this, so at some point she's going to turn up and help, right? And she does. She didn't, and I found that like good that they can restrain <laughs> that. So far, you're right on board. I'm not sure how this is controversial. <laughs> no, I'm saying what's controversial about Halle Berry in this movie is that you're not keen on her, and it could ruin the movie for you. Oh, it did not. And she was fine. She was a bit overly angry. I think there were some sessions of coaching and talking about her character, which was like, well, look at the situation she's in. She's just pissed off. And she's therefore, very mad at John. Every single word she says is got this, like, mm, mm, mm. And, you know, I get it. You're trying to be that person, and I would be pissed off too. However, it was a bit much. Until the fighting really began and they got up on the roof, then that was pretty good. Um, and her attitude, and then going out on the desert and stuff. I I warmed to her by the end. I of liked all that. her control of the dogs. You could tell she was controlling the dogs. <laughs> yeah, and In she actually extras. trained with the dogs. Yeah, and so when the dogs are around her, and then she sends a dog, and it goes and gets a bad guy, she's issuing the command. So it doesn't look hokey when she's doing it because she shoots somebody, and then she says the dog's name, and then the dog like oof jumps over and attacks somebody. So it's a whole sequence with John and her and two dogs. And they're just taking out this into... Well, you know, they do what John Wick does. They take out everybody. <laughs> and that's it. Um, so she wasn't overused, which I think was made the movie better. I agree. Instead of just putting her in every scene because she's Halle Berry. Ian McShane, who I've said in the past I will watch in any movie. He's always the same character, I think. Even Odin in American Gods is this guy, right? Absolutely. Sometimes I sometimes I can't separate them. I'm wa- I'm watching John Wick 
and he's doing his, you know, his little monologues. And I'm like, that's Odin from American Gods, because <laughs> exactly the same thing he would say almost. Like, it's the same, you know, he does his thing, doesn't he, Ian McShane? I like listening to him. I think he's really authoritative or something when he's on the screen. He's still amazing in Deadwood. What do you think of Ian McShane? Pretty much what you said, minus the part where I'm in love with him. I'm not in love with him, <laughs> but you are. He's fine. He's he is. Whoever you said before was they're fine. She's like Halle Berry to you. Yeah, it could be anybody to me. Anybody with a big presence. He has the presence. That's I the don't thing. find a lot of style in what he does. Or he has a style. It's his no, own thing. There's no. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. I see that he's just like you said, the same. He's always the same. Yeah, Swedger. From uh, Deadwood. We you know what his name is in Deadwood, actually. What? Swearingen. Swearingen. It starts with is that swear. Like, is the the <laughs> Chinese guy always said it wrong. Right, so. but I'm saying it starts with swear. S-W-E-A-R. Right. So what does he do all the time swear. in Deadwood? He swears yeah. constantly. I mean, the, the guy he plays in Deadwood, that guy, is more sweary. But it's still the same delivery. He's long monologues. He's very assertive when he mm-hmm. says them. And that's pretty much what he does, like in everything. We've seen him in American Gods all the way through that. It's the same. <laughs> he just doesn't swear as much. And in this, it's the same again, isn't it? And what else was he in? Oh, he was in Hellboy just recently. Exactly and it was the, the same. same. <laughs> <laughs> so, the you know, I might have a problem with an actor where I say, oh, he's just the same in everything. I can't really stand it. Morgan Freeman is one for me. So far, we have Keanu Reeves, who's always the same. Halle Berry, who's not always the same, but not always that interesting to me. And him, no. who's always the same. So Morgan so- Freeman usually gets on my nerves because he, he just <laughs> does the same thing. Gets on your nerves. Yeah. Do you know when we just saw the trailer for that one where he's the president? Yeah. And I was like, look, Morgan Freeman, he's a bit older. And now he's just doing the same guy he did. He's the president. He's been God and now he's the president. And I'll say the same. Ian McShane is just the same thing. I just so happen to like Ian McShane. Whereas, like, Morgan Freeman, I'm, I'm always like, he's probably a bit like Halle Berry is for you, where I'm like, it's yeah. kind of annoying, he's just doing the same thing. So I think it ju- it's just, if, you, if I like the person, it's fine. But if I, don't, if I get to get annoyed by them, it's not fine. So it's not very fair, is it? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're aware of yourself, that's what counts. Um, Lance Reddick plays Sharon, who is the... He's that when you go to the hotel in this John Wick universe, he's the guy who meets you, the concierge. Correct. He had a bit more of a role in this one, got to be in some action scenes. Um, I was glad about that because usually we just see him standing at the desk and that's it. Did you like him, Lance Reddick? Yeah, I always do. But again, he didn't, you said he, you knew he kicked ass. He didn't kick any ass. He just walked around with a gun shooting people. I mean, he knows, what I learned from this is he understands weapons a lot. Like, because he was showing John Wick, like, this is what this weapon is. And John Wick's probably the expert of weapons. And he did fire some shots off. And he was pretty cool. He did, but he wasn't like fighting or anything. No. He, he was just blowing people My demands apart. on this world are very high. And if you're not like kicking ass with your feet and your hands and a knife and a belt and a piece of glass and all these other things that you could pick up and whack at people. <laughs> if you're just shooting people, like you're, you're not the high level here. Unless he's so high level, we don't know yet. Right. That he's just now the concierge because he spent 30 years already being John Wick. Doesn't have to get his hands dirty anymore. Yeah. Um, We've got Lawrence Fishburne as Bowery King. He's got... uh, I like how he's 
I like how he is very, like, fuck authority in this one. <laughs> yes. Because this is, you know, they're getting yep. adjudicated. And he's just kind of like, mm, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not going with it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne, what do you think of him in this? I liked him better. I'm not. I'm usually, again, pretty neutral on Lawrence, but this time I liked his attitude a lot. Yeah. His character is developing. And he pulls it off just right because it's, he's fed up with it. And the thing is about this, the theme of this story, which I, or a little theme that I found, which I liked, is that this table has existed for who knows how long and is, she says, the table controls all men. So we now have to understand that he has his Bowery, that his Bowery is still beholden to this other organization. She did say to him that, don't think you exist outside the rules because no man does. Nobody does. And so the thing is, that kind of pressure on these leaders, which would be like Swenjin and this guy, who are the heads of their respective places or whatever... Even Halle Berry, she's the concierge in Casablanca. At, right. Well, she's the concierge. I think. Oh, you're right. She's yeah. the manager. She's the head of that she's hotel swe- as well. She's swedging. Correct. Of that place. But what happens is when that pressure pushes each of them enough, they don't want to go along with it. They're fed up with it. And so I like that lesson because all of... And then ultimately they'll all lie to pretend that they're going along with it. Yeah. But underneath it, they're like, this is fucked up. Like, either, I don't know what they're revolting against. The kind of leadership that this whole organization has. There's a has. lot of b- bureaucracy that's kind of sucky. There is. It's, like- h- it's hilarious, but it's also, that's a real element of this of this weird story. Um, so, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne also, if you, not, you know, he's set up, I think he'll be more of a thing in the next one. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It seemed like they were angling him, because he's really pissed off now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so is john so maybe they'll become a team um angelica houston plays the director i really enjoyed that but i don't think they embellished enough on it there's a whole scenario with her mm-hmm. um what happens to her is interesting but i wanted more from a character that was barely and she barely said anything really yeah and i know the guys who wrote it keanu and them all keanu he's my friend now i'll think that they wrote it in a way that makes sense that explains his backstory like because he says i'm coming back home and you can tell they kind of walk you through an area where there's girls being harshly trained to be ballerinas and boys being harshly trained to be like wrestlers which i immediately thought of like something like that russian one that we watched um with a Katniss in it. Do you remember? Red Sparrow. Yes. I'm, I was thinking of that. I kind of thought that, but then I thought he says home, and then he says I'm an orphan of the whatever people, which is what you are. So what does that mean? Were his parents part of this? Did did they pick him up off the street? Is he Russian? Because his name is, now we know his name is Jordani something or other. Exactly. Um, but that doesn't really tell us anything. No, it doesn't. They say that we're filling in the backstory of John, and I'm like, oh, First of all, I didn't care because I'm not that interested in his backstory, to be quite honest. Um, how he got his skills and everything, like his origin story. I'm sure you could turn that into a movie also. Because he's very skilled. Yes, but I wasn't <laughs> that interested and this didn't fully really give me the origin vibe. So I felt like that was kind of a wasted opportunity. Yeah, I think Angelica Houston's part was... Because she's good. She, I like visually how they made her appear. I liked the school that she, you know, I liked that whole vibe of that place. It was awesome to look at. Like it was like an old theater. 
Um, but like I say, there's just not enough meat on the bones of it, you know. Mm-hmm. In the in the, you're like, well, I, I would have liked to spend twenty minutes with this place, but we got to get fighting again, so he's out of there. Like, so it doesn't really stop long enough for us to care about Angelica Houston. Mm, true, and I I'm not a huge Angelica fan anyway. So uh, Mark, she De- didn't win me over. Dacascos plays Zero. He's like the villain of this one. That he is like the guy who's after him most of the time. I really liked him. You know the part where he sits next to him on the couch? It's so yes. funny. Oh my god, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really funny. Because it's exactly <laughs> how the rest of us feel when there's a whole couch and someone sits right fucking next yeah. to you and you're like, are you kidding But me? then what he says straight after that <laughs> yeah. is he's like, he's, he's like not allowed to kill. He's, he's, he's got to kill John Wick. He's not allowed to yeah. in this scenario. So he sits next to him. And then what comes out of his mouth is like when a fanboy goes up to a star, like he's kind of rambling. He's like, "I really, I really love your work," um, you know. And then, it, then, it, then he just shuts down. And then <laughs> next time they have to fight each other, it's like that didn't happen, kind of thing. <laughs> We're gonna kill each other now. So I really like that. That guy was uh, he was a good fighter. It seemed, you know. Yeah. He had really good martial arts. I mean, unless it was another guy playing him, I don't know. Oh right, I thought you meant the character. Yeah, well, the character he's was... He's good, but he's not good yeah. enough. <laughs> and then I put down Asia Kate Dillon as the adjudicator. It was one of my favorite characters, the adjudicator. Because she was really badass, like... And nobody kind of argued with her. It was like... She turns up. She's from the company. You know, from the whole thing. She the turns table. up. She's like, I'm here to... You know, something happened here, right? Like, John Wick killed somebody on this premises, so we gotta figure it... You know, we gotta... Not figure it out. Somebody has to... Pay for it. <laughs> well, what's going on is John Wick, the rules are there are places like this hotel, the Continental of any city, and they are a safe zone. So yeah. you are not to you can come in there and you will not be murdered, even if the guy who's gonna murder you is sitting right next to you, he will not murder you. It's against the rules, and they have very strict rules. And at one point, in number two, John Wick kills a guy in the hotel. Now, what happens after that is you get, he escapes. Now, that doesn't, that wouldn't happen if they were, if everyone else was following all the rules. Right. So, all these people along the way who helped him out because it's like, it's John, you know? He's our friend. He's like, John Wick, we got to help him out. We'll give him an hour head start. I'll give him some guns. And then he's on his own, right? They're not really protecting him. Right. But now the table and the adjudicator is coming after the people because. That sets a bad example. You have to to pay for what you do. Yeah, all the other managers of all the other continental hotels around the world can't see that you helped this guy escape and break the rules. So So that's what they're She comes in and it's like real stern. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Nobody fucks with her. Nobody actually answers her back, really, apart from... um, Lawrence Fishburne does. Mm -hmm. But most people just like, it's oh. Oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> like it's like when the area manager turns up if you run a shop and you're like it's got an expression, you know, he might look mad or something, you're like, Oh fuck, what did I do? <laughs> That's how it seemed to me when she when she turned up. So I really like that. Um It's directed by Chad Stalowski. Probably butchered that name. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> he actually directed John Wick One and John Wick Two. You know, he's a John Wick guy. He he is consistent with his 
You can tell he wants the best action on the screen. I, f- I think. He doesn't, I agree. You know, sometimes when we say, oh, somebody seems up their own ass or whatever, when we watch them in extras, I just think he's into this movie. Him and Keanu are like, we're going to make John Wick the best thing we can possibly make it. Uh, for what it is. Right. Yeah. Like, it will have the best action. We will put some of a story and we're trying to, like, you can tell that they're trying to, like, beef it up a little bit, story-wise. A little. Oh, the story. Yeah. 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 Like, we're just adding some story to it. Like, there's very little story to the first two. The first one, there's a bit of a story because there's the, you know, how he's wronged and how he has to go on a revenge thing. The second one, there isn't much of a story. He just goes and kills loads of people. (laughs) And then at the end of the second one, he, you know, does the deed that leads him into the third one. But this one, they try and add some story. And like I say, I was a little unsatisfied with how much story they add because it's not much. It's like, here's a tiny little bit of things that you might like. And, oh, here's a, but I like the fighting, so it kind of cancels it out. So Exactly. So um, extras on the Blu-ray, and there are quite a few, actually. There is. What, was, what does Parabellum mean, by the way? I forgot. I don't know. The movie's called John Wick 3 Parabellum. And they actually said in the movie what it meant, but I forget what it was. A type of semi-automatic pistol or machine gun. Oh. (laughs) I thought they said it was something about the truce between the something. Oh. So it's actually just the name of a gun. The Latin word for prepare for war. Prepare for war. Mm, That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. So parabellum is also a type of semi-automatic pistol or machine gun. Because you can prepare for war with the gun. Well, you can. All right. So the actual... And parabellum um, meaning is, if you want peace... Prepare for war, which is said by your little friend, Swingin. Nice. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. I knew they said it, and I was like, oh, that's what that means. So um, extras on here, there's Parabellum Legacy of the High Table, which explains more in more detail what it all is. There's Excommunicado, Check Your Sights, which is about the weapons. Saddle Up Wick, which is about riding the horse in the movie. Bl- bikes, Blades, Bridges, and Bits. You can understand what that's about. Continental in the Desert, Dog Foo, which was really interesting how they train the dogs to do this. House of Transparency, which is about the glass house at the end. Shot by Shot, two theatrical trailers. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. The John Wick Hex video game trailer. Oh, is it a phone game? It sounds like it, doesn't it? Kind of. And behind the scenes of the John Wick Hex video game. I'm I'm guessing that is a mobile game of some kind. Or maybe a VR game, possibly. Something that's not like a mega, you know, AAA game. So uh, the bunch of extras. IMDB reviews, what is this section of the show? When you find one-star reviews and you read them with a funny attitude. Because when we like a movie, we disagree with them all. But when we don't like a movie, like last week, they sound exactly on point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So these are the people who didn't like John Wick, and we are on the opposite end of the scale because we did like it. <laughs> so these are the people who don't like it. And number one says, Totally pointless. <laughs> it's a pointless orgy of violence without any plot, any depth in characters, anything at all besides non-stop killing. Actually, yes, that's pretty pretty close to what it if is. If you watch the first two, why are you surprised? Yes. Um. This one says... I just don't get it. The first one was good. 
The second one was e. The third one for me personally is stupid. There's no story, no development, just one action scene after another. But to me personally, it's very bad. They wait to attack him. Also, everyone have gun when John has it. But when he doesn't, then they also use knives and fist. Very scripted and bad, exclamation point. No one can make a quality movie anymore. There isn't all superhero or remake, but there isn't many of them too. Shame. <laughs> now, I will say I noticed during many of the fights where he's up against multiple opponents that the second little opponent over there would wait. When in life, if you were trying to kill someone, you would not. And so I did notice, and it was sort of that overacting thing where they'd be like standing over there going like, and like for several seconds while he gets done punching or slicing the other one and then reaches around and grabs the second guy. So yes, I did notice that. So I get that. But again, I overlook these things because I get it. This guy says, so unrealistic. This movie is all action. That is so unrealistic. (laughs) Unless John Wick is Achilles and basically can't be killed, this movie is a joke. Uh, Achilles can be killed. That's why he had an Achilles heel. You hit him in the heel, he That dies. didn't kill him. No, that's how you kill him. In no, the you Achilles don't. heel. He just falls down. No, he dies. He can't die. I love the first one, as it had a great plot mixed with great action scenes. I can't understand why this one's good. It's like we watch two different movies. <laughs> um... And finally, this guy says, I really like the first two wicks. This one, absolute underrate, unadulterated toilet water. <laughs> Still, fair play to the actors, who no doubt earned a pretty penny due to us unfortunate souls that spent far too much to see this twaddle in the cinema. Why don't cinemas do refunds for bad films? I've never thought about it until this film. <laughs> That's a reasonable question. (laughs) Yeah, but not. We won't be answering. It's a little subjective because, like, they can't get anything back from you. True. I mean, you could go like if you have a bad experience in the theater, like somebody's talking or the projections are really crappy. You could probably get your money back if you went and talked to the manager. But not if the film's just bad. Yeah, because you could say every film was bad. Yeah, and they have no idea what's going on inside of your head. True. So, stick but then that that's in how pipe. Amazon apparently works because we watch that guy who opens the pallets of all the returns to Amazon. So people basically just buy the stuff and then tell Amazon, "Uh, something's wrong with it," and then they send it back. And Amazon's like, "Okay, yep, <laughs> I'll take your word for it." So basically, everybody's a thief <laughs> and a liar. <laughs> all right. So um, yeah, those are the bad reviews for this movie. And as I said, we really liked it. So I recommend this movie, and I, I'm definitely going to revisit the other two. I mean, if you're sensitive to violence, I mean, I say no. This isn't your movie if you're no. sensitive to violence. Because Be very, there are very some, aware. Yeah, I am. I'll, I'll take any violence. It doesn't bother me in movies, but there were a couple of scenes in this one where I was wincing, and one of them was a knife in the eye. Yeah, yeah. When he put the knife in the eye, it wasn't like he put the knife in the eye and we cut away quickly. We see the knife going in the eye. I was like, oh, knife in the eye is the worst, right? If I were, if it was going to be a knife in me anywhere, it seems sl- slow and bad. Yeah, yeah, the eye seems the worst. Maybe the testes also, knife in the testes. There's also a dog testes attack. There is. There is. Game so, of Thrones guy goes down. He does. 
So um, thanks to Lionsgate for letting us review this a little early. Uh, it's out next week, September the 10th. It's already out on digital if you want to watch it this weekend. Next week, we're reviewing Steve Carell in Welcome to Marwin. It's from the director of Forrest Gump. So we'll be looking at that next week. Movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of John Wick. So I'll give you the, I'll give you the Matrix, the first Matrix movie. Maybe not the second two. I like the first one a hell of a lot. And I'll also give you Hannah, which is a um, movie from 10 years ago, <laughs> probably. It's been a while. Uh, with Cersei Ronan playing Hannah. She was very young in it. And it is a, like a tough, you know, like I think of like John Wick was probably trained in some crazy manner like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hannah and uh, it's really, it's, Hannah's being made into a TV show as well, apparently. But I think it's just a retelling of that movie. So I don't think you need to do that. But uh, it's a good movie. So your recommendations are? It's got to sound very similar because the first one is Atomic Blonde. I'll always bring that one up if I can because I really enjoyed that one. And Hannah. <laughs> because that was the first thing that popped into my head was just the idea. Something that I, there's big action sequences, but a really good story to go with it. Yeah. And there's the Wizard of Oz reference that I can never, you know, escape. So I like that. Yeah. Remember the shoes and walking the shoes. I do remember. Yes. Yeah. It's a good movie. Really good. It's really good. But then, you know, it just jumped into my head. It has nothing to do with these action movies. Is Run. Lola Run. Yeah. Why did that pop into my head? That's really cool, too. Yeah. It's not really a action, but it is a... Like, Something. <laughs> it's... I've got it on Blu-ray, actually. It's, um... It's also fun because Phineas and Ferb did an episode It's got some really Run cool Camps music, Run. for sure, I remember. Yeah, just a good vibe, and I don't remember the story at all. Something to do with her and her boyfriend and robbing somebody or something. Yeah, it's definitely a heist kind of yeah. feel, like a bank robbery or something. Yeah, and some running, possibly. Yeah. You know, the other movie that springs into my mind whenever I think of Run All the Run? It was mm. from about, probably from the same time, and it's Killing Zoe. Mm, yeah. Which was written by Quentin Tarantino, stars um, Eric okay. Stoltz. Yeah. And it's a heist movie in Paris. It's really excellent i think it's got some really good dialogue in it so yeah we've got oh that's a lot of movies for you to chew on <laughs> so um a scully stuff um gears of war it's just called they've actually dropped the gears of war thing it's called gears 5 now they just call it gears 5 that's it there's no of war anymore they don't need of war they're just <laughs> gears so gears 5 comes out tonight actually um and i did find a little trick if you want to play gears 5 and you're like, I don't want to spend $60 on Gears 5 or however, however much it costs. There's a little trick you can do. And I, if you are playing on the PC, um, there is a... On the PC in the Windows Store, they have a new app called Xbox Games, I believe it's called. Let me just 100% check that. It's called Xbox Beta in brackets. If you search for that on the Windows Store and get it, download it, it'll come to your PC... If you go in there, on the front page, it'll say, um, welcome to Game Pass. And Game Pass is Microsoft's service that lets you rent games. It's kind of like you pay a monthly fee and there's like 100 games that you can play. So it's like a, a rental service kind of deal. Anyway, on that service, 
is Gears 5 because they put all Microsoft first-party games on it. So if you've never subscribed before, they have a special offer. And if you pay $1, you get two months for free. So that gives you two months and you can immediately, when you've paid your dollar, download Gears 5 and play it. So you get two months to play it. And I, you know, most people who play games, they don't end up playing the game forever, do they? They finish the story and then move on. So there's a way of you playing Gears 5 for $1. Thank me later. (laughs) And it's out tonight, which would be Thursday night. So by the time you are listening to this, it'll definitely be out. So go in there, $1. Play it it for a couple of months. You'll easily finish it within a couple of months. Um, And the other game I'm playing, also on this Game Pass service, because while I subscribed to it, I was like, what other games are on here? There's a game called Blair Witch which is brand new, which is based on the Blair Witch movies. And it's really cool. I've, I've played, I told you, I freaked myself out the other night. I, it was night you'd gone to sleep. I was in here. I put my headphones on. I sat and I'm playing it. And you know, you know what it's like you had, you know, with headphones, you can't hear any of the outside world. And there's weird noises in this Blair Witch game, like whispering. You can actually hear what people are saying, like the same weird shit in the background. Um, Actually, actually freaked me out. I had to turn it off. I was like, ugh. Really? Yeah, I kept looking behind me like something was behind me. Come on, actually, you're like a 50-year-old man. Still, it was freaking me out. Okay. So, um, Just establishing the, the reality here. <laughs> I probably played like four hours of it so far. I really like it. It's one of those, it's like you, you go to the woods, you're a police officer. There's, all the other police officers have come to the woods. There's a kid gone missing. It's the Blair Witch Woods. You go there, you got a, you've got a dog with you, like, like the dogs from this movie. And you, um, the dogs, you know, you find stuff on the trail, like the kid's cap, for instance, and then you give it to the dog. The dog smells the scent. And you follow the dog, and then things start to happen, like Blair Witchy things. And it really is kind of freaky. And that's also part of that Game Pass. So that's what there is for games this week. And I'll talk about Gears 5 next week once I've played it. So what's for dinner? There's going to be some beans. Some different beans, like uh, chickpeas, Jessica Bronzo beans, some kidney beans, some soybeans. So some kind of salad or cooked up, fried up, some kind of bean thing. And... um the mixed bowl stuff that I made last night. Some kind of beans. And then you can, uh, the mixed bowl is some um, plant-based grounds. It's controversial, isn't it? When you eat plant-based food that someone's made into some form that's similar to a meat. Oh my God. Get over it, everybody. Eat what you want and let us eat what we want. This is the angry portion of the show whenever we bring up the vegetarian thing because it's getting on my nerves. We're vegetarian. Deal with it. And if you are curious about vegetarianism, it's not a cult. It's not a religion. It is not a movement. It is not a lifestyle. Vegetarian just means we don't eat dead animals anymore. We ate a lot for 40 years, wouldn't you say? We ate our fair share. Yeah. Lots and lots of dead animals. Delicious. Every kind of way, all kinds of seafood, all kinds of shit, right? We ate it. We saw food, we ate it. And now we don't. And if you want to eat a steak right in front of me, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. I do not care. But all the comments and all the weird shit going on to try to demonize vegetarianism is getting on my nerves. So we're going to eat that, and that's it. <laughs> that's good. 
And in fact, my doctor that I went to, I have a liver issue, is vegetarian. No, he's not vegetarian. He said, I said, he said something about, um, I'm not worried about you eating fat, but not animal fat. And I was like, oh, I'm vegetarian for 10 years. And he's like, awesome. Now, other doctors have scowled at me and been like, oh, isn't that cute? But he was totally into it, I guess, because he's a liver doctor. And he was like, yeah, let's stay away from the stuff that will kill your liver. Exactly. So what's your advice? My advice is do not give in. Because you've been listening to my drama over the last week or over the last period of time, but particularly the last week where I have, I've had a job for 20 years that I really enjoy. I like the responsibility of it. I work in a data center and it is a big responsibility. We are like the gate, the gatekeepers, the guardians of the data center. We watch out, we're operations staff. So we watch out for heat and fire and water and humidity, anything going wrong that we are the first line of defense to find how to fix it, right? That's what we do. That's my job. Kissing people's ass, being part of the bureaucracy, being part of a fucking team is not my job. I am not that person. I am seriously loyal to the task, the responsibility that I'm given in my position. And when I'm challenged to go outside of that to do bullshit by anyone, no matter how nice and how friendly and how quiet and how well-meaning and how jobs-worthy they are, you're going to have a problem. And I've had a problem. Because a new supervisor in the in the area, you know, it's like a, I think about like an old Wild West town. There may not be room in here for the both of us, in my friend. Area. And everyone's like, oh, but he's your boss. No, he's not. I work for state government. My boss are the people of Missouri. All of us, including myself. I get that there's a structure. We have an organizational chart. I understand you have to have a structure of a hierarchy of decision-making because if there's an emergency, because when big projects have to get done, in order to keep things functional, you need that skeleton of, you know, a way to get things done. I get that. I'm, I'm 51 years old. I'm not an idiot. I understand the dynamic of a workplace. However, when you choose to follow the... Um, the current trend that the current administration or the current group of people who are on the chart above you decide to dip into as far as like record keeping and documenting things and whatnot, which has changed so many times over the years. It changes every couple of years. We get a new governor, we get an administration, they change things. So these things are a non-constant. They are not productive. They do not help in me doing my job. A constant is all of the tasks that require me to understand all the updates for hardware and software that keep my data center going so that the data that we store and we make available to the people of Missouri is there for the people of Missouri. Oh, I'm on a pulpit, but <laughs> I will not. And I refuse. I have a new supervisor person who, and I, he and I, do not click. And there is a very condescending, and I'm not the only one who sees it and hears it, so it's not a Cindy thing. I've tried to sort out, is it a Cindy thing? Cindy is me, I'm Sid Duck. Or is it a workplace thing? And I've discussed it with enough people, just surface kind of on the top, and it is not a me thing. It is a problem. A managerial slash super, he's not a manager, he's just a supervisor, like me. I'm also a supervisor. Um, it is his style, his approach, 
He's like the office space guy. His inflexibility. The office space guy, though, is somehow charming. (laughs) You know, because it's funny. This isn't funny. This is like, I get it. I'll just give you an example. I've been in charge in the inventory of all the PCs in my area for many years now. I'm responsible for when they get updated, you know, from this Windows to that Windows to that Windows, replace the machine, replace the monitor. I have to keep track of all of the inventory. And that's fine. I like it because that makes makes me know what's coming and going. And if someone comes in and says, we have to take this machine, then I have the spreadsheet, as we have discussed. I love spreadsheets, where I have put all of our equipment and all of its their purposes, when they've been replaced, what they're for, which version of Windows is on them. I have all this data. And so when they come around and say, we're going to update all the machines for all of the all of our entire division, you see our machines are different because they are functioning in a different way. It's not an individual person's machine that you can wipe it out, slap all the shit back on there like Windows um, Word and all that shit, and then you're good to go. We have all kinds of weird shit. And we have 26 different computers, some of which have servers installed on them. Some of them have very specific software that only the vendor can help us upgrade. And if you wipe it and put Windows 10 on in the middle of a Thursday afternoon, when my night shift comes in at night, because we're there 24-7, that machine won't be working. And that could mean that they do not know that there is moisture in the data center or there's a heat problem in the data center or some of the sensors have gone bad in the data center or any of that kind of stuff or that a door has been opened. It's a secure area because that one needs special attention. And so the new supervisor does none of this. He's new. He doesn't know. I'm happy to tell him, but that's not his approach. He says, this is going to get updated. Do not interfere with the process. It has already been set in motion. So I... Have a problem with chain of command. (laughs) I skip around and I find the person who's going to be doing the updating. He's on the team of the people who are physically going to be replacing machines or pushing the new updates. I send him a note and say, hey, I've got a list of all of our machines. We have a very tight, we can have no downtime. Literally, if I've got a machine down for an hour, I need to be here to be prepared so that all of us have that software, that hardware in place even during that hour. It just can't just happen. Oh, he's like, that's totally awesome. We didn't know this. Send me your spreadsheet. He had a spreadsheet too, so we got along great. And we combined all of our data and found out some machines were not even on his radar and all that stuff. And my new supervisor said, I'm interfering. I need Mm. to not interfere with the process. It's already been set in motion. So I had to decide. This leads me up to my advice. Don't give in. You know, for two days, I was like, fuck. I can't deal with this. I'm not a control freak as in do everything I say. I'm a control freak. It is very specific. I know that I'm right sometimes. <laughs> I'm right a lot. But in very specific situations, yeah. I know more. And in this one, I do. And all of our operators agree. This is how it needs to be done. We cannot have downtime. It isn't a Cindy thing. And when you challenge me on this and try to just ignore the productive, efficient way to do it that doesn't cause my operators to suffer because that's my ultimate goal, that no operator even has to notice that something's being done. I want it to be like one minute, it's fine, and the next minute it's Windows 10, maybe not a minute, but there's no there's no gap. There's no fall down. No one suffers. No one can't do our job. That is my objective, and anyone who fucks with that, it's really becoming a problem, and I've never had yeah. this before. 
I've never had this before. I've had managers who have I've challenged and then they lay down the law and then I challenge and then I challenge and then they say, okay, this is why we can't do this the, the way that you want to do it. And I'll say, well, let me think about it. Let me examine it. I might have to push back one more time. But usually if I get a solid answer that makes sense, that doesn't interfere with our productivity or interfere with particularly our after hours, because like I said, we're there all the time, ability to do our job at a hundred percent, then I'm like, you know what? I get it. You've given me a good reason. I'm over it. Let's move on. If you do not, if you use authority to threaten me as in, well, it's upper management. I guess you have to talk to them about it. Then I'll say, okay, let's go. Yes, you will. I have no problem with that. I'll talk to the fucking governor and you know what? I'll be right on this and a few other instances. So I had to take a class online in management and learn a little bit about the brainwashing techniques they try to use and where they're coming from and, you know, sort of that angle of it. So I'm a little more calm. It may not sound like it. I'm a little more, and then I've read a bunch of sites about how to deal with a micromanaging boss or supervisor manager, whatever, um, what it takes to work with, with that. And a lot of the advice on a lot of the articles are give them space, like ignore them for a little while, not to the point of not getting your job done, but all the little stuff that they start peck, peck, pecking, just let it ride, let it ride, give them the information they need and move on. Don't feed the beast, essentially. So I'm taking that advice. I'm cherry picking my advice. <laughs> That's the one I like. I'm going with it. Well done. Yeah, I have a bad attitude. And if you want to say I'm a bad employee because I don't like bureaucratic bullshit, that's cool with me. I'm totally cool with it. I'll I'll have lunch with the director of the whole fucking place and be like, look, you want to quiz me on how well I know my job? Do you want, if the data center went down right this minute while we're, eat, we're eating our lunch, who do you think in this room would know what to do? I would know and my operators would know. No one else knows the whole big picture. They know their part right? Mainframe people know their part. Network people know their part. The, all of the, everybody else knows their individual parts. We know how to piece it all together. And I, there's no, you can't argue with that. So I'm good. I'm good. All right. <laughs> so uh, after so that. So my advice was don't give in. All right. And uh, you can catch this podcast everywhere I told you at the start of the show. I don't want to repeat myself for the, you know, it sounds stupid. <laughs> You can get our website is aschoolie.com. You can go there. You can listen to all the podcasts. You can subscribe. You can do all those things. I'm on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram. I've been posting some cool Lego pictures. <laughs> You're getting into your Instagram. It's cute. If you go to aschoolie.com on Instagram, you can see uh, if you like Lego and you like mm, cars, if you like Lego minifigures, plants, you can look at Sid Talk. You can, but Lego's much more interesting. <laughs> you can email did you grow feedback. those Legos from seed? You I did, did not. I build them with my bare hands yeah, yeah, <laughs> and use my brain to put them together. So in honor of me, you should do a plant or gar You said, what did we talk about the other day? Oh, the bake-off. If they said, if I was building a 3D sculpture out of cookies, what would I do? And you said, a garden. And I'm like, oh, well done. that sounds great. You can email feedback to me at com and stay classy, Mr. John Wick. And make sure you don't get killed. We don't need, we need more sequels. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself, or <laughs> someone will do it for you. 